Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And if you listen to Locked On Kentucky on a regular basis, you're going to get info on the Cats that you just won't get anywhere else. We're going to talk football today, and then we're going to talk some more football. And then in the last segment, we're going to talk about something we really need to get into. Football. <laughs> <laughs> some, some football. <laughs> the, Glad we're going to get football coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving week. It's all about football, uh, family, and food. And, of course, it's Governor's Cup week. It's uh, it's rivalry week. So that's where we begin. Kyle, how are you? I'm good, man. Very good. Feeling right. uh, feeling feeling energized, ready to talk football, football, football. Well, Mark Stoops uh, talked about football today. Uh, and one of the things he was asked about, I asked him about, you know, what Lynn Bowden had said earlier uh, or after the game Saturday where he just kept saying who when they would talk about Louisville. Uh, and then, I mean, he did it on the on the broadcast of the game afterwards. So he he got that Louisville trash talk kind of stuff out there. Um, and Stoops said he didn't hear any bulletin board material. But I mean, and then he said I didn't hear anything yet. So maybe he hadn't heard that. Yeah. At that I point. mean, I don't, it's not like hardcore. No, no. But it's, uh, it's, but I mean, it, but that's the thing about bulletin boards. Like you can twist the material to go on the bulletin board every any way you want. And yeah. if you give, if you open it up to say by saying something like, essentially, I'm not going to call them by name. Who are you even talking about? That's the easiest, you know, in the world of malleable quotes. Where and, and I, you cannot convince me that coaches don't just straight up make up stuff anyway. So I, <laughs> right, I like, right. I'm not even sure it matters if you talk trash because I assume that like coaches that think bulletin board material is useful to their team just make stuff up. I know that I've like heard stories in the past. I know like some right. coaches through history have done that. Just go print make out something. fake newspaper quote. This was in the daily newspaper. Check it out and hang it in everybody's locker. Probably just completely <laughs> fabricated. But you know what Bowden said was enough, enough that you could take that and run with it and hold it up to your team in the locker room and, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows if it if it really um, has much impact? Like I think if you're if the teams are comparable, it's not like a big deal. I right. do think the one time that I know for sure I've seen it in action was the 2015 Kentucky basketball team was 35 and 0, I think, or 36 and 0 going okay. into the game against West Virginia. In uh-huh. the NCAA tournament, and Dexter Miles in the locker room the day before the game was like, they're about to be thirty-five and one or whatever it was, yeah. And like, and just like kind of said he wasn't that impressed with them, and and like he really went all in. And I wasn't there when he first said it, and I think it was Brett Dawson that came. I was, I think, over in Kentucky's locker room or somewhere else, and I was walking into the West Virginia locker room, and Brett Dawson was walking out. I'm pretty sure it was him with these, you know, uh, saucer eyes saucer sized eyes and he's like <laughs> you're not gonna believe what this dude from west virginia just said and i was like and he kind of told me and so i was like oh well surely he's not gonna i was like pissed because i had missed it right and i'm like surely he's not gonna say this again 
And so I'd go over there, and some others of us that had not been to talk to him yet were like, so you were just saying, what about Kentucky? <laughs> and he's like, they're about to be third. And he, like, doubled down on it. Oh, boy. Um, and so. I remember ne- that, yeah. And so the next night, Kentucky just bashed West Virginia's brains in. And it yeah. was, and talked about it afterwards. Like, Willie Cauley-Stein and all those guys were like, yes, we, you know, maybe we would have slept, walked a little bit through that game. But we just came out to drop the hammer on them, basically. Um, th- yeah, it was it was bad. That's that's the one time that I've that I know that I've seen bulletin board material uh, weaponized in an effective uh, way. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not sure if it really does anything or not. But well, my inspiration for the question because I said, do you address the team? You know, do you do you actually talk about it with them? And he kind of said. The trash talking stuff, it really doesn't do anything except it could hurt you at times. And, you know, we, we don't have to worry about getting them amped up or anything. And I, what I really was trying to get to are you, has Lynn Bowden done enough to where he can say whatever he wants about the opponent and you're cool with it? And what about the rest of your team? Because I think back to Dickie Lyons Jr. on this UK football team under coach Rich Brooks. And he said, um, it was, uh, they had lost to LSU 49 to nothing. And he said, you know, people were starting to think that we were maybe going to win like two or you know, three games or four games and just be like, man, that's it. And so he said he tried to light a fire by saying he was, we're going to beat Mississippi State just like LSU beat us. So that was the next week. So they just lost 49 nothing to LSU. And he goes out and says, we're going to do to Miss State what LSU just did to us. And Rich Brooks got pissed. I remember he, hearing about that. I wasn't here for it, but and he had to run. He had to run a lot and practice. Like he, he got punished for it. And you know, Brooks said, came out and said, "Yeah, I, I don't want my players doing that." He didn't need to give them anything extra. And so, I mean, it's not. It's different because Kentucky Miss State is not really a rivalry, even though they play every year. But um, so I, that's what I had wondered about if Mark Stoops felt that same way about it uh, or if, if he thought um, or if he was cool with it, it doesn't matter. And so I think he's, I think he is, I think he's fine with it. It doesn't, he's, I don't, I don't, he's not going to make Lynn Bowden run gassers. <laughs> I can no. tell you that he didn't guarantee a victory either, but it's just when you say, you know, Louisville and who Louisville, who, and, and he won't recognize the name of your school. Yes. That's going to get under your skin. And then he called, sure. eventually called him that other team. I think, right. Yes, another um, team. Yeah. By the way, I just this is unrelated to that, except for the story I told. I I pulled up the Daxter Miles quote from 2015, and he said, "Salute to them getting up to 36 and 0, uh, but tomorrow they're going to be 36 and 1. They're going to yeah. be 36 and 1." Uh, <laughs> and he said, "I don't think they've played a team like us. To me, they don't play hard. To me, they don't play as hard as we play. Nobody is invincible, so their time will come, and I think they're. I think we're going to pull it out." That game, I I'm, I have not been able to pull up the early, uh, the early uh, play-by-play to see how bad it was early. It was like a it was like a forty-point margin in the first half, but the final score was seventy-eight to thirty-nine. Kentucky oh doubled. Kentucky double. It was bad, worse than I remembered. Yeah. Kentucky doubled up West Virginia and allowed thir- a good West Virginia team to get thirty-nine points in an NCAA tournament game. Uh, and after the game, uh, Daxter Miles was obviously asked if he regretted it. He just he repeatedly kept saying they played great, they played great, they played great. 
so who did you bring his quote up to uh, with UK? Like who? Did oh, you I'm sure it was. Wi- I think it was Willie Cauley Stein. Hold on, I'll I'll find that too. But after the game was over, Devin Booker because he said they're going to be 36 and one tomorrow. Devin Booker tweeted. All he tweeted was hashtag 36 and one W O N one, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Without let, a doubt. let me see who did I go talk to? Uh, yes, definitely. I, of course, I yeah. <laughs> went went and asked Willie Cauley Stein. He said that's good. Adds fuel to the fire. Puts a little personal stuff into it. When a team talks like that, it puts a different mindset in your head. It's not just playing to try to win the game anymore. Which yeah. is, it's trying to destroy, destroy them. You. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and Aaron Harrison said, we hear the more outrageous comments, things like we don't play hard. I don't know how that makes any sense at all. That puts a chip on our shoulders and we have something to say when teams have something to say before we play. It affects the game. And I think it affects us in a positive way. Um, and then Devin Booker. Gosh, these quotes are great. I'm just, I had forgotten <laughs> about this. Devin Booker says, I love a good pregame trash talk. Devin Booker says... <laughs> A lot of teams have said things, but eventually they have to step in the ring. We'll see how that turns out. There you go. So that's the one right there. Step yeah, in the ring. Yeah, that's good. And then his tweet thirty six and W O N one. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I, when teams are pretty evenly matched, I don't know if trash talk does much. But I certainly think it's a foolish idea when you're the major underdog. Yeah. Like against a team that's heavily favored, like just let the let the big dog sleep, you know, don't 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 give yes. that don't give the heavily favored team a reason to pay attention to you. Exactly. Um, in this game, I think it's you know, I think it's a, I think it's great. I think in a fairly equal rivalry football game to end the season, let it fly. I hope Lynn Bowden talks some more. <laughs> well, they're they're only talking one more day and then they're going to take off for Thanksgiving, but uh yeah, I I agree. I don't think it matters at all. Like the, the what Stoops is saying, yeah, no, nobody has to get up for this game. They're they're both going to be charged up. If anything, they're they're going to have to try to control their emotions going into that game uh, because they'll be so amped up. So I don't think any amount of trash talk, no matter what one side or the other say, side says, is going to have much of an effect on the game at all. And and Kentucky, by the way, is a three point favorite. Um, they opened as a three point favorite and have remained a three point favorite. So. That's pretty much just uh, saying the home field, we're given home field advantage. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll talk more about the matchup itself and, um, and how, how this might shake out and how Kentucky could win the game when we returned here on Locked on Kentucky. But let me tell you about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash offers. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, so we want to talk a little bit about how Kentucky uh, can win this game and this matchup and, uh, you know, Kyle, I spoke to, uh, on Monday, I spoke to, I don't know, four or five different media members getting each of their thoughts on, on the matchup uh, for a TV special we're doing on Fox. But uh, everyone is, is intrigued, and no one can really say, is Kentucky's defense as good as it's played over the last month? Uh, I mean, are they legit? Um, is, can, is, is Louisville's offense um, better 
and able to to burn Kentucky's defense. How many of those um, explosive plays are because they're playing bad competition, uh, and and so on and so on. Just all the different um, things. Like you can't say, oh yeah, Louisville's so explosive, Kentucky's got no chance. And you can't say uh, Kentucky's defense uh, is so dominant that Louisville has no shot. Yeah, and, and uh, one reason that we can't definitively say either way is that Lamar Jackson is not playing in this rivalry game. <laughs> uh, I just, just as a quick update on the ridiculous NFL season he's having, uh, he, it, it is 35-6 to six with five minutes to go in the third quarter against the Rams, who played in the Super Bowl last season. Uh, and Lamar Jackson is 12-15 of 15 as we record this. 142 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, six carries for 80 yards. And they are up 35 to 6, about to go 9 and 2, the Ravens. Uh, he is now probably the NFL MVP favorite, a guy who won be. the Heisman yeah. in high school, uh, in high school, in college. Uh, he is up to um, almost 900 rushing yards. Uh, 2,500 passing yards and 29 total touchdowns in 10 and a half NFL games. Um, and has a chance to be just the ninth player ever to win the Heisman and the NFL MVP. There's only been one since Barry Sanders did that in 1997. So really? I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention that because he was a part of this rivalry game and he is yeah, ridiculous in the NFL. Part of this rivalry he is game. lighting up Monday night football. Um, well, every time I watch, I, well, we were watching the game and, um, um, my wife, who has a great interest in how the Super Bowl does for the Fox station that it runs on, uh, said, well, wow, if the Ravens are this good, they could maybe be in the game, which would be great for ratings. I'm like, yes, it would be. Oh, be yeah, locally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be incredible. Lamar, by the way, now about to go over 100 yards rushing again in this game. He's just, I mean, he's unstoppable. He is, and the, and the Rams have, like, a good defense with some really, like, you know, one of the maybe the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, Good on John Harbaugh for like recognizing not only his talent, but then going, "Oh, okay, he can do this a little bit. Let's let's change everything." Yeah, and let's not uh, let's not move him to wide receiver. Yeah, um, just incredible. I will uh, as as we record, keep recording. I will update if he does more crazy stuff. But uh, no, in terms of this game, to me. Uh, you know, a couple things you mentioned. Can is can if can Kentucky's defense prove it is it's what we've seen is for real and not just a product of them ball controlling teams to death with their offense. Um, you know, against a, a Louisville offense that has put up big numbers, but also where I think Kentucky can and and we'll do a prediction post at the end of the or, uh, podcast at the end of the week. But where I'm leaning towards picking Kentucky in this game is. Louisville's defense, trying to stop Kentucky's run-heavy offense. Louisville ranks 98th in yards per game allowed, uh, yards per carry allowed, excuse me, almost five yards a carry for the season. Yeah. Uh, 102nd in total defense, almost 440 yards per game allowed, and 105th nationally in scoring defense, almost 33 points per game allowed. Um the run defense, they've given they've gave up 230 rushing yards to Notre Dame, 259 to Boston College, 245 to Wake Forest, 298 to Clemson, 197 to Miami, and 261 last week against Syracuse. 
They've given up 34, at least 34 points seven times, and they've given up 45-plus points three times. Um, so to me, you know, when we look at what Kentucky's done running the ball the last five, six games, you know, averaging 300-something yards a game on the ground, just coming off a school record rushing performance, back-to-back 400-yard rushing games, I – to me, it feels like Kentucky's strength is going to hit Louisville at its absolute weakness, mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know that's usually a bad recipe. Like can, there's nothing, there's nothing Louisville necessarily is doing that it, that hits Kentucky at a major major weakness that I can see. Kentucky's well, got a chance to hit Louisville where it is especially weak. Well, and then Kentucky's running game against teams that are better than Louisville on defense uh, for the season. Kentucky is averaging 5.81 yards per carry. Like, I mean, they're 12th in the country in in rushing offense. So if Louisville's already that bad against the run, uh, Kentucky could have even a better day, like, a, you know, a seven yards per carry type of day. And um, Lynn Bowden's the kind of fiery guy, the kind of guy that his – I think it's more than just the way he's played. I think his leadership is a big part of it too. Like, guys really rally around him and like him. He's he's a magnetic type of personality, and he's different. It's different than a Sawyer Smith. He just is. Well, and, I mean, here's here's when you talk about what what Kentucky has done running the ball against better defenses. Here here is the sort of the the proof in the pudding about that. Uh, Tennessee Tennessee's defense uh, in the back half of the season. In the last six games of the season, they gave up only 120 yards rushing to Mississippi State, 3.3 yards a carry. Only 140 rushing yards against Alabama, 4.1 yards a carry. 78 rushing yards against South Carolina, 2.6 yards a carry. 63 rushing yards against UAB, 2.5 yards a carry. 99 rushing yards against Missouri last game, 2.7 yards per carry. Kentucky ran the ball for 302 yards and averaged 4.7 yards a carry against that defense. Yeah. In the same stretch of games, uh, it was by a mile the most rushing yards Tennessee's defense had given up. Um, so, to your point, like they have, and you know, they ran for almost 200 yards against Georgia's defense. Right. Uh, when it on a night when everybody was only running, you couldn't pass the ball because of the rain, so you knew it was coming. Georgia's defense knew it was coming, and Kentucky still almost rushed for 200 yards in that game. Um, so, yeah, to me, this isn't like, oh, is Kentucky's running game for real? I mean, I think it, it very much is. Um, and there's, so, I mean, how much evidence? That's one, two, three, four, five, six games, essentially, that Louisville's allowed at least 200 rushing yards in, half their yeah. ske- more than half yeah. their schedule to this point. Um that that is the that is the the area to watch to me that'll decide this game. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing for Kentucky is just trying to uh, defensively uh, limit uh, explosive plays, and we'll talk about that aspect of this Governor's Cup game when we continue on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, Mark Stoops was asked Monday about um, Louisville's offense and and just how explosive they are. I, I think I said to him, 
Uh, I, I read off the statistic that Louisville is up there uh, among the top teams in the country in explosive plays, that they have uh, 11 plays, 11 plays of more than or 50 yards. Um, uh, passing plays, 11 passing plays, and 11 touchdowns of 50 yards or more, and five of 70 or more yards. And he said, you're correct. They've had a lot of explosive plays. And then, he, you know, he had some numbers of his own uh, as far as like 20 yards, uh, maybe six of 20 or more. Uh, and so and my question to him was, your strength is this that you're tied for third in the country in like a fewest passing plays of 40 or more yards allowed. And uh, I think you're fifth of just plays in general of 40 yards or more allowed and, you know, weather and all that stuff. So I said, is that just how it shakes out or is there something you're maybe doing specifically um, to limit big plays? I know you don't want like big plays and all that, but is there like some, you know, secret in the sauce here that, that helps you become really good at not giving up those big plays. And he basically said, um, no, it's just, it's just good team defense. And we've gotten, uh, better when the season goes along but he says look Louisville's a they're a running they're a team that runs the ball to set up that pass so they're they got a good running back and they're going to pound it away and then they're going to take some shots and uh, all we can do is just you know be good um, keep playing as good as we have so I think those young cornerbacks have definitely uh, grown up quite a bit over the season and they're better at winning you know what Stoops always says: those one-on-one matchups when they're on an island, uh, they're just they just in better uh, being competitive. I've noticed it in watching these games that uh, those cornerbacks are getting hands on balls more, more pass breakups, uh, and and being in that area. Yeah, the one the one thing I you have to kind of caution about um, getting overly into like how how they rank in pass defense is the fact that. Uh, opposing quarterbacks have attempted 312 passes against Kentucky this season. That is uh, not a huge number. Um, only 26 teams in in all of college football, Division One college football, have had fewer attempts, passing attempts against them. Uh, so teams just aren't chucking the ball around. I mean, uh, barely averaging, not even averaging uh, 30 attempts per passing attempts per game. So they're not getting you know, well, uh, to your you point, know, Arkansas threw it 12 times. Georgia threw it 16 times. Missouri threw it eight times. Tennessee threw it seven times. Well, I take that back. Those are completions, right? Yes, those are completions. <laughs> but yeah, but but there's not a, yeah, there's not a ton. But the Missouri game, the Georgia game, you know, the, those are outliers because of the rain as well. I mean, like by comparison, there's a dozen defenses that have faced at least 400 passing attempts this season. And Kentucky has faced 311. So uh, that's part yeah. of it. But they have played well. I mean, you know, they've only given up 57% completions. Uh, and they've uh, had more interceptions, seven, than they've given up touchdowns, six. Um, you know, the other thing, Kentucky's gone five consecutive games, giving up fewer than 300 yards. Uh, and six consecutive games, giving up 21 or fewer points. So, you know, regardless of competition, that is uh, – that's a that's a strong number. Um, I do think this will be the best offense by a long <laughs> shot uh, yeah. that, that Kentucky has faced in this back half of the season. Um, well, fact, I think what 
what what's what they're going to be able to do, I would think, is is play some ball control. I mean, the best you know defense against an offense like quick strike offenses like this is to give them as few opportunities as you possibly can. And I don't think there's any doubt that like Javion Hawkins, that freshman running back, is is going to get some yards. He's going to bust some some runs, and and Tutu Atwell's probably going to break. Uh, a few catches they're going they're going to have explosive plays now it's just how many of them they have and how many of them actually break through for a touchdown Uh, but Kentucky's ball control offense is going to give it's not like uh, Kentucky's defense will be out there forever like Louisville is not going to be out there for a 15 play drive just pounding it and pounding it if you know their scores are probably going to be you know those quick hitters and and that defense will be out there for maybe uh, six or seven plays or something. And then Kentucky will come back out and maybe be out there for, for 12 plays and eat up seven minutes a clock or something. That's the way it has to go anyway. That's the way I think it'll go, but that's the way it has to go for Kentucky to, to have a shot. Yeah, and they've been they've been good against the run of the last four games. The most they've given up is 125 yards total against Missouri. Um, you know, they've only had three games this year where they gave up over 200 on the ground. Uh, Georgia... South Carolina, Mississippi State, and that was in a in a pretty, you know, Georgia, you expect it. And, and Mississippi State, South Carolina, those were games where they were kind of just reeling um, as a team. Um, but that, I mean, that to me more than, like, I, I'm not sure I buy that Louisville's going to come out and light them up in the passing game. Um, but can they, you know, can Louisville's pretty potent running game get going? Can the, you know, can the freshman running back go wild. I mean, he's coming off a monster, that monster game. Um, I don't know. Uh, but for, for, so I would say my guess is if Kentucky runs the ball, even 80% of what it's been running, uh, and, and holds Louisville to, you know, 75% of what it's been running. I think that's advantage Kentucky. And Kentucky has been pretty good, um, at, at avoiding negative plays too. Um, you know, especially since they've gone to this offense, which, you know, lends itself to to less uh, negative plays. But uh, Kentucky's allowed just 24 tackles for a loss this season, which, I mean, that, that ranks – I mean, they rank 24th. They've allowed 52, but they rank 24th in the country and tackles for a loss allowed. And uh, sacks, you can throw that, that out the window. But, I mean, they're, they're 27th in sacks allowed. But, obviously, Bowden's back there to pass maybe – seven eight times a game so that that's not that big but uh my whole point is is they their whole goal is to stay on schedule to not get behind the chains to to create you know second and six third and three uh it's just can they can they sustain that um and then get points out of it but if they if they do even if they you know have uh score on like not every drive that gets in the red zone, but if they, if you know, if they're over 500 in that department, just controlling the clock there and pounding Louisville. Like, who is Louisville face that just where they just keep coming at you? That big offensive line is just barreling down on you, and you're still you're running into um, running backs coming at you and knocking you down. I mean, it has an effect, and we saw it with Benny Snell that in the fourth quarter, when Kentucky needed. Uh, to grind games out, they could because they had been wearing teams out over the course of the game. And so they've been here before. They know how to do that. And 
Uh, I don't th- think this Louisville team has faced that, and I, I think that'll be the difference will be that, that fourth quarter uh, and Kentucky being able to just kind of bang and bang and bang and wear them down, and, and that's what does it. I still see it being a very close. I mean, the three points sounds about right to me. Yeah, I think it's – I mean, and that's the reason it, it can go if – you, if, you if, you, if you're Louisville and you can get into the, the last few minutes of the game one, within one score – I think you're pretty happy because then, then all you need is, you know, one to break loose. And they've got a couple guys that can do that. I mean, you mentioned Tutu Atwell. I mean, what a crazy little player he is. 5'9", 153-pound yeah. sophomore wide receiver with 56 catches for 1,072 yards, almost 19 yards a, ca- a catch, uh, 11 touchdowns. He's obviously a, a home run type guy. Um, and then they've got the the Fitzpatrick kid, who I think is you know mm-hmm. Des Fitzpatrick, who's also averaging almost 19 yards a carry. He's only got 562 yards, but you know uh, only 30 catches and six of them have been for touchdowns. Um, that's that's the danger for Kentucky. Uh, you know if you let if you let Louisville hang around, it just takes one of those guys hitting the home run on you, and 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 you lose the game. Yeah, that's it. They've got they have home run hitters. They've got explosive weapons. They've got the skill positions. Uh, they've got them. They've got fast, fast guys who, uh, who they and they know how to use. And um, Kentucky's limited in that area. Kentucky's strength is Lynn Bowden, Chris Rodriguez, Cavassier, Smoke, AJ Rose. Because uh, the receivers, the only receiver who's really a weapon is Ahmad Wagner. Because if you if you can throw it up to him, maybe he draws a penalty or maybe he catches that because of his size. Um, other than that, you know, they've tried to run some of that jet sweep stuff to Ali because of his speed, and, and it has never really done anything for him. Uh, they've tried to get it to the tight ends, and um, it, it's not been very successful. Uh, I think it, that's one of the things I would love to see more of, and but, you know, it's a little late now. Uh, so – it's re- really, it's just in that backfield, and those guys have broken some big runs. I mean, there, there's definitely an opportunity for that, but uh, not not the home run hitters quite like Louisville has. Well, when you look at uh, Javion Hawkins uh, has 17 uh, plays of 20-plus yards. Uh, Tutu Atwell has 15 plays of 20-plus yards. Uh, and Des Fitzpatrick uh, has, where'd he go, nine plays of 20-plus yards, and then you get in the bigger plays. Javion Hawkins has eight plays of 40-plus yards, which is outrageous. Tutu Atwell has seven. Um, And then uh, Fitzpatrick has – I keep losing him. He has four. So they have 19 – those three guys have 19 plays of 40-plus yards. Just three dudes. That is is a ton. That that is one – that is – you know, fall asleep on one play, and you've uh, you're watching the guy run into the end zone. All right. Well, of course, uh, the rest of the week we're going to talk more about this Governors Cup. Uh, continue to to talk about this. I haven't gotten into anything that Scott Satterfield said because um, he did. There was one thing I heard that he said on Monday uh, that's worth talking about, and uh, so we'll we'll discuss that a little bit tomorrow. And uh, also tomorrow we will have heard from both coordinators. Uh, as well as a few players. So if any more trash talk is to be done, we could hear it uh, tomorrow. And so we'll uh, we'll pass that along to you. So uh, keep tuning in. And then we've got, you know, Thanksgiving special for you. We'll have our predictions and all that. Uh, so 
Remember, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, on Apple, Google, you know, wherever you get your podcast. It's free. Uh, just subscribe to Locked on Kentucky and it'll pop up. comes up every day. We do this Monday through Friday. And you can follow me on Twitter at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. And Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Thank you, guys. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.